This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Forgive me for interrupting. I'm Bridger Weiniger, host of I Said No Gifts on Exactly Right. Each week, I invite my favorite people in comedy over to chat, and they always bring a gift. We're coming up on our 200th episode, and every episode is a gem. I have welcomed all kinds of great guests, including Cola Scola, Bowen Yang, Robbie Hoffman. It goes on and on and on. And you don't want to miss the 200th episode with the great Maria Bamford. What does she bring me? Find out April 25th. New episodes every Thursday. Follow I Said No Gifts wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, boo. It's me, Roz Dress Velez. I hope that everybody is still staying safe and, uh, you know, doing doing well, being healthy and uh, keeping busy. Uh, I'm happy to be here giving you some, uh, some content. I know next week I'm going to be doing some more mini episodes because people seem to enjoy those. So look out for that. But today I got to catch up with some of you. Our listeners. So I talked to four listeners, and we have all kinds of stories coming at you today. Um, you're going to hear all different <laughs> different kinds of stories. You're gonna, even going to hear some different viewpoints on demons. It's, it's great. So let's just get it started. Here's the listeners. On with the show. Hi, Tyler. Hi. Where are you calling from? I am currently calling from Baltimore. I'm originally from the New Orleans area. Ah, interesting. Because you sent me an email that I was like, wait a minute. Okay, we have to, you have to be on this show. And (laughs) 
there's so much there was so much in there there was lots of um sounds like kind of witchcraft stuff and um a reptilian creature you've seen shadow people i don't even know where to begin um (laughs) so what's the story you do you summon demons okay so i um I, throughout early childhood, all the way up until the present, I'm 30 now, have been studying the occult, um, not just like demons and angels, but planetary energy, hermeticism, um, pretty much everything that was available in the early 1990s internet, which was a lot more than I think most people knew. Mm. Um, And so my demon conjuring days are pretty much limited to uh, early high school because that's when you do that, I think. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) um, My biggest demon conjuring experience that I remember being one that um, if someone else were in the room, they would have had a really palpable experience actually started pretty simply or banally. I had lost an astronomy textbook, um, which happened to be like $165. And I tried everything on my own from like, you know, your candle spell a la charmed to just like honestly praying to find the textbook and never did. So I got a little desperate and wanted to try some of the skills I had been reading in books. So I constructed the circle of the art and the Triangle of Solomon, which are the two main things you need in order to summon a demon. And I found the appropriate demon in the Lesser Key of Solomon. Uh, For anyone interested, that demon's name is Vasago, V-A-S-S-H-E-O. And I believe he's the third of 72 demons listed. Okay. Um, I don't know anything about any of this, but I'm fascinated. So it comes from a book called The Lesser Key of Solomon, which um, probably does not come from King Solomon. But the mythology is that um, Solomon was tasked with building the Temple of Israel and knew that he could not do it on his own. So using his authority as a human, which technically outranks a demon, um, he conjured them into triangles and forced them using the power of God to do his bidding. Um, And so the book is a list of demons that were used in that act and what they're, um, what they can be called on for. Okay. All right. So, yeah. So um, imagine like a 14 year old kid um, alone in his living room at three o'clock in the morning with like a poster cut out of a triangle with like full metal alchemist looking stuff on it and um, a circle and like a terry cloth robe really feeling my wizard fantasy totally Uh, and so i started with the preliminary like banishing rituals uh which are supposed to basically like create a clean space so whatever you're welcoming in is pure in its form um and can kind of be met how it is so i did those and then got to the conjuration which you really have to work up a lot of energy if you can imagine trying to call up a demon from hell um so it took a few times and i actually switched over into what's called Enochian. There's an angelic language you can use to conjure these spirits. And once I switched there, I really started noticing something different happening. Um, A dry heat set into the room. Mm. Um, Like when you get into a sauna and it's set way too high, but you don't realize it immediately until it just really gets thick and penetrating on you. Yeah. Um, And then it seemed like gravity 
got uh, really heavy too and concentrated into one point, which was in a black mirror of the triangle that I had created. So like basically spray painting glass. So uh, I had a mirror that was just pure blackness to look within. Um, and I could feel all of the gravity centering on that object, like it would spark or vibrate if I touched it. Um, and after that point, um, I put aside my fear of, oh, well, I think I may actually have a demon in my living room and that opens a whole nother Pandora's box of what do I, what am I going to do? Um, but I put that aside because in order to be able to do this successfully, you have to do it with confidence. Like if, if Moses could control you or if King Solomon could control you, by damn it, I have the right to, too. Um, so I tried to adopt that mentality. And as soon as I did, it was like a little, um, keyhole was open in the mirror like not the whole thing i couldn't see like a you know a reptilian looking thing that's later um i could just get a sense that whatever i was trying to call up uh was listening and was listening so fast that i didn't need to say anything out loud so i started asking my question like look i've lost this textbook this is the first time i've tried anything like this i think this is an easy request I don't think we need to sit here and argue about what you're owed. Um, you know, you already rule in hell, so that should be good enough for you. And <laughs> I need the textbook back. And um, I, if you're wondering how like question answer happened, it was as if I could not form my statement quickly enough for it to be answered. It was an being answered and asked at the exact same time inside my mind. But were you terrified? Um, I was terrified of the energy present in the room. I knew that if I had left the circle or kind of uh, put aside that stance and just gotten afraid that I was really cooked. Mm. Um, but I trusted that I had waited long enough to, to practice other things, more important things, before I took this on, even though I was in early high school looking back, that was pretty foolish. Um, I was able to kind of reserve my fear for after I had vanished and realized the experience was over. Um, so I concluded politely, I gave the spirit what's called a license to depart. Um, and he left no trouble. Um, I didn't feel any lingering energy in that room for the rest of the time I lived there. Um, but the next day the book was returned. How? Um, what had ha what happened was um, it seems as if another student took my home textbook copy by mistake because it was left underneath one of the desks I had used and they were going through their books trying to clear things out and realized they had a book that didn't belong to them and it was returned. Wow. Um, I'd been waiting the whole semester for that to happen. I pretty much lost it before I could even get a chance to really use it. Um, but it happened immediately. So I've got no complaints. So after that experience, were you pro demon conjuring for, for different things in life? Um, I think, you know, I, I use other forms of magic, like primarily like sigil work or spirit creation. Um, to get things done um, because you're really inviting um, cosmic hilarity to ensue when you ask a spirit to do things for you. Um, 
like, you know, you can ask for money and then the way you get money is all the pipes in your house bursting and you get renter's insurance, you know? Mm. Um, and so you've got to like really know what you're asking for and make sure that you're like respecting the tradition you're approaching in an attempt to get it. So I devise things on my own. Um, I would say though that angels are by far more terrifying than demons. Why would you say that? Because a demon kind of operates from the same id ego relationship that we do. Like it wants things, it understands materiality, it sees shades of gray. I might be manipulative, but a lot of us have sex with people who are manipulative. You know, that doesn't necessarily stop people. Whereas an angel, like, is in a different realm of like sensorium entirely. So what's important to it is something that you cannot conceive of. And its version of helping you might as well be destroying you. Like you're just not huh. sure. Interesting. Yeah. I, I guess I've never talked to somebody that has summoned demons or knows much <laughs> about this stuff at all. <laughs> um, I'm very fascinated. Okay. So tell me about seeing a reptilian creature. Okay. So that was uh, something completely separate from any like magical working I've done on my own. It was a spontaneous experience, but it did happen when I was in mid uh, middle school. I was, um, on a cheers marathon with my mom. Um, oh, cheers. The sitcom. I, yeah. See, I was thinking Netflix cheer. Have you seen that show? <laughs> no, it was free Netflix, but I think we would have watched that anyway, but um, <laughs> it's a very different show. <laughs> yeah. But we were, you know, we were deep into cheers and you know, she was out, she passed out, but I was laying in bed, not asleep. And let me be clear. This was not sleep paralysis. Um, the lights were out and I saw this entity move into the room from the hallway adjacent to the bedroom. Um, and it was, you know, I was young at the time, so size might be kind of distorted, but it was somewhere between 5'11 and 6'4 in that Whoa. kind of height. Um, and it was made of condensed uh, green and orange uh, particles, like TV static. Um, that had coalesced into a shape and the shape was like somewhere between uh, the creature from the black lagoon and that it had that kind of reptilian like droopy uh, shape that had like fans coming out um, but its eyes were completely a vibrant red um, and as it as it entered the room uh, it went to the floor but it didn't like uh, hunch over onto the floor it melted like alex mack from nickelodeon if you remember that TV <laughs> yes, show. i do remember that yeah so it changed like uh phases so it was no longer like a, a an entity that looked like it had bones and it um dropped down to the floor and then it stretched out the same shape it had when it was standing but elongated and it began to like um slither on the side of the bed that I was on in this really serpentine fashion with its jaw completely unhinged. Like its jaw was like at least a foot and a half open. And it seemed to be like eating the air. Like when you see like a whale or a manta ray go through the water to get plankton. Uh -huh. um, 
And when it reached my side of the bed and it stood up, but it did it in the same kind of like melting way that it had fallen to the ground. Um, and it got nose to nose with me. And of course, at that point, I was completely uh, panicking, but I could still move and everything. I was wide awake. So I turned over to my mother and shook her awake. Like, don't you see this? Don't you see this? I turned back to the entity. I still see it. And then I turned back to her and she says, no, I turned back. It is gone. So what do you think that was a result of? Or, or you know, where does that come from? Um, you know, it, it all gets really woo-woo after the story happens, like then the speculation happens. But to me, my speculation is that it's some form of astral energy or like an aggregation of intelligence in the astral plane that is not necessarily human, but is accustomed to being around humans because it, it was curious, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't instigative and it didn't look like the shadow people, which they just look like they're observing or that they're like crossing paths with you. They don't really care. This one seemed to like know what people are and what they do. And it was trying to frighten me. Do you, what do you think? And this is a little conspiracy theory, e. but what do you think about when people say that like powerful, there's a lot of powerful leaders in this world that are reptilian creatures. <laughs> do you think that's true? I wish it were true because then like they would be really easy to manipulate. I think what the, I think more like the Gnostics used to think in that there are like archons of this realm that like the material realm is governed by some like physical and psychological forces, which are inherently corrupt and ignorant. And so I think that we're contending more with like a demon of ignorance that actually could have intelligence on other planes of existence rather than thinking like we've got like David Icke kind of reptilian Illuminati. I can tell you've given this some thought. You, <laughs> what, what do you do for a living? Aren't you, don't you work? Aren't you, what do you do again? So uh, I uh, am in the middle of switching professions. I've been doing acute psychiatric uh, therapy primarily with like recently hospitalized or hospitalized patients um, with a specialty on LGBTQ people who also happen to have schizophrenia and bipolar disorder and things like that. Um, and so I've kind of got a specialty within community psychiatry, but I've really lost a sense of like room for growth in the field. So I'm transitioning into sculptural ceramics and like tarot card reading full-time wow, um, okay. I finally have a spouse graduated from residency so I can start relying on some some doctor cash <laughs> <laughs> okay I want to hear about um uh shadow people oh yeah well shadow people are something that if you google you can probably find a few other things primarily like coast to coast used to talk about them yeah um, and there are different camps of shadow people, uh, but let's we could talk about two uh, major ones. So you've got your regular shadow people, which seem to move usually quite quickly through spaces like hallways and and uh, really generally anywhere in a home that doesn't seem dependent on whether or not the house has been occupied in a way that would make it susceptible to haunting, but that the spirit itself has a relatively human form. 
Um, the trends with shadow people are that they happen on the borders of waking and sleeping. Again, you have to think about sleep paralysis um, or when people are occupied with another task and they see them dart across their eye. I've seen uh, also the other type, which are top hat men, uh, and they're supposed to be more like malicious, that meaning they like manifest with the intent to frighten, whereas the shadow people are just like wandering around and we don't really even know whether or not they're aware we exist all the time. Um, so you're saying that there's these shadow people that mm -hmm. are serving looks in their top hats and oh, their whole job is like, okay, I'm clocking in and now it's time to scare the shit out of people. Like well, they had, that's their sole purpose. Or, or perhaps that, you know, it's either something akin to like a sexual thrill or that they're somehow energized by the activity of making others frightened. Um, you could flip it around and say maybe they are a pro projection of our psyche that is manifesting as something that wants to scare us. I, I don't really make conclusions about any of those things. I just look at my experience. Um, I've seen the top hat men congregate around the foot of my bed again when I'm not in sleep paralysis. Um, wow. But they were they dissipated as soon as I started to do uh, like ritual that I know to do to um, like push away unwanted spirits. Um, I've seen shadow people together with my grandfather, now deceased, um, in, within his home, like running around in his utility room, putting their face up against the glass of the door. Um, like we would see them at the same time, like while he was reading the newspaper and we just would note it and then move on to other subjects. Now, do you think that since you have had so many of these experiences, do you think there's a relationship between you seeking it out and these things happening, like you seeking, you know, different forms of um, magic and, and demonology and that sort of a thing. I think once you have the interest and you begin to learn the kind of what we would call magical hygiene of keeping your energetic body in order, keeping your perspective uh, balanced and, um, trying to learn as much as possible, you seem like an attractive person to approach, just like if we were to think about spirits trying to find someone they would have a chance at conversing with in a bar, you know? And then your energetic body becomes more capable of like handling, sensing, and then, um, I don't know, respecting more charged energy spaces and entities. So it would make sense that you would be someone to go to if available. Um, I, but I know that there are people who desperately want experiences and they don't get them. So I don't know that it's the desire that attracts. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, that's been me lately. I, I don't, you know, I don't really want, like, I don't want top hat men at the foot of my bed, but, um, but I do kind of want something to happen when I'm looking for it. But I think that they, they don't, they're not into that. I think it's, uh, you know, I think a good place to start is to make sure that your own energy is like clear and projecting well, um, because it's like if you don't have a routine going to constantly work on your faculties of perception, um, you could be having things happening in your everyday life that you are cognitively skewed to disavow psychologically. Um, and so rather than trying to go to places that hauntings happen in, sometimes it's easier to just focus on how are you most available to be haunted? 
Mm, okay. Um, because, you know, like I've worked in mental hospitals since before I could drink alcohol and I've never found one to be haunted. Huh. Really? But I've been to people's houses that were built like 10 years ago and they're the only people who've lived in them. And, you know, there's somebody up in there. Really? Because oh, yeah. of like what happened on the land before or what? Like somebody brought the ghost in or. Yeah. Or like I can, uh, when uh, my great grandmother used to live on uh, Valance street in new Orleans and moved to annunciation street, she uh, had this nightly habit of playing solitaire with herself and watching the Lawrence Welk show. This, this <laughs> blues to how I became gay later in life, perhaps. Uh, but she would play solitaire. And one night she had a, uh, a presence a manifest behind her and she turned around and it was a woman uh, in monochrome uh, in like a, like an eggshell color uh, wearing a veil. So she couldn't make out her face. And the woman just kept saying, it's cold down here. It's cold down here. And uh, my great grandmother talked to everyone else in the family. They couldn't identify her partially because of the shroud she was wearing. So finally she got sick of her and was just like, yeah, it's cold down there. You're dead. You're in the ground. And just <laughs> continued solitaire and she didn't have it again. <laughs> Stop um, interrupting Lawrence Welk. Yeah. Like that's in Cajun families, like uh, especially like Cajuns who are still Catholic um, hauntings and things are like commonly accepted, even if everyone doesn't really frequently have the experience. Um, and it's not uncommon to like pray for people for several days after they're dead and waiting for a sign that they're okay. Uh, my aunt made a wager with my other relatives, uh, two in particular, that if she died and went to hell, she wouldn't be able to do anything on earth. Like she wouldn't have the power to like throw a vase across the room, right? But if she was in purgatory or heaven, she probably has some flexibility about what she could do. So she mm. told them that she would shake the cross off of her coffin at her wake. And if she did that, that meant that she had access to where they were having the funeral, so she was okay. Um, and I'll have you know that at that funeral, the cross shook off the coffin and landed at the feet of the people she made the promise to. Whoa. Interesting. So maybe if you're in hell, like you don't get a visitor pass. That was her thinking. I think it's, I think it's like a rational line of thought, even if the whole subject in general is, you know, a little out there. Yeah. Um, and we've had other family members, like, you know, you say your ninth day of the rosary for them and they turn all, all the lights off in the house just to let you know. Um, wow. And uh, we, like I have family who lived on like not the old big house of plantations, but lived in like workers houses is what they call them down there, AKA slavery yeah. encampments uh, who have had really uh, interesting, spooky things happen. Like, you know, uh, one of my, uh, one of my grandmothers had a, uh, a boy whose legs were beaten in that basically lived oh. on one side of her bed and would constantly like wail and cry. Um, oh, God. They had uh, also a set of twins in that same town. Uh, and my other grandmother, who was an Italian, was doing gardening. And uh, she had a man come up to her and pass her a garden tool. And so she was kind of disarmed and she looked up at him and talked to him. And he said, they hung the wrong one. 
And she asked for him to clarify, and he, he just repeated himself, they hung the wrong one. So this is like back in the 80s and stuff where libraries had microfiche and things, like you had yeah. to do like stranger things research, right? <laughs> um, and so she did that for that area and found out that a one of two identical twins was hung for stealing a wallet, and oh. it looked like him. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for sharing all this. Oh, you're so welcome. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Elise, where are you? Texas? Yes, I'm in Dallas. Oh, my God. You know, I lived there for like a couple of months one time. Did you? I liked it. I had a good time. I lived in like um, Bedford, Texas. I thought it was cool. That's really close to where I'm at. That's so funny. No way. Wait, what? Yes. Okay, I'm officially starting to get creeped out. (laughs) Well, I know. We had a weird thing happen where you like just messaged me um, to be on a listener episode. And then I had someone drop out like right around the same time you messaged me. And I was like, well, can you do it today? Because we got an open spot and it worked out. So this is awesome. Um, what, you know, this is so funny. This is like the second thing like that that's happened to me this week where it's like a creepy coincidence. Do you ever have weeks like that where all these weird things keep happening? Totally. Um, Just speaking of that, there's a girl that I've been following forever on Instagram And I reached out to her this week and we found out that I briefly lived in Chicago and apparently the house that I lived at was like two minutes from the house she grew up in. Crazy. Wow. It's a small world. I know. It was weird. What is the story you sent me? The story you sent me sounds interesting. I don't know if I've had anybody tell one like this on the show yet. And so you, you got, um, uh, you got lost and found you found your way back paranormally? Yes, it sounds weird. So I'm not a big religious person. I've told some people this story and they think it's like a guardian angel story, but I don't necessarily see it that way. 
Um, so I'll see what you think. But okay. I was younger. I was visiting my dad in Midland, Odessa at the time. He lived separately from where my mom and I lived. And while he was at work, my stepmom, oh God, I want to say five or six, pretty young. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So really young. And um, my stepmom decided I had a baby sister at the time that she was going to take us out of the house. And in their little subdivision, they had a church and the church had a playground. So she thought, you know, I'll go on a walk, just take the kids to the playground, kill some time. So, um, I was running ahead of her and the stroller and I saw the playground. So I just kind of took off because we'd been walking for a while and I turned back around. I had gone on the swing set and I just started swinging because I assumed, you know, she's right behind me. She knows I'm going to the playground. So I was swinging for a while and then I got off the swing and I looked back down the road where the playground was off of and like her and my sister were totally gone. (gasps) I didn't see my stepmom. The stroller was gone. And I'm like, that's, so weird i mean she was right behind me i don't understand where she thought i was going that's like the biggest terror ever when i was a little kid i got lost in um in like an office depot or something like that (laughs) for just a couple of minutes (laughs) but that is the scariest thing ever when you're a child it is scary and it will i mean to most kids that would be their panic moment but i'm like eh, whatever i'll keep playing for a while she'll find me (laughs) So I just kind of went back (laughs) to doing my own thing, but you know, it started to get later and I'm like, all right, I know I've been here for a while and she's still not here. I mean, something's going on. So like in this church parking lot, there's like a church, a playground and a parking lot that's kind of for both of them. So I walked over to the parking lot and I sat down on one of those like curbs, you know, where the cars can park the little yellow concrete slab. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I do? And then I started to really panic because I couldn't remember how to get back to my dad's house. Like the path that we took to get, you know, to the playground and all that because I wasn't paying attention. And I saw that there were these guys across the street in the house, older guys, probably like my dad's age. And they were packing up a car with like coolers and lawn chairs. I'm like, well... I could go ask them, but I don't think I'm supposed to be talking to older guys that I don't know. Right. So I just started crying in this church parking lot because I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And I look up and I see this old woman who's coming out of the garage that these guys, you know, are loading their car into or whatever. And she walks up to me and she's like, hi, honey, are you okay? What's the matter? And I said, no, you know, I lost my stepmom. I don't remember how to get back to my dad's house. And she said, well, can I sit with you for a minute? And I said, yeah, sure. And she said, I tell you what, I bet you your stepmom is out looking for you right now. I think that let's just stay put and see if maybe she comes back around and we can find her. And if not, then we'll see if we can call your dad and get him to come get you. And I said, okay. So I sat with her for probably 20, 30 minutes. And we just kind of sat there and she kept talking to me. I couldn't remember what she was wearing what she looked like. I just remember that her eyes, like I made eye contact with her and immediately felt calm. Like everything was going to be okay. We were going to figure this out. It wasn't a big deal. And I thought, Oh, it's just because she's an adult, you know, kids always feel safe around adults. And, um, especially older women, I feel like a, a grandma figure is like the most comforting probably. Right. Most grandmas are nice. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, especially Southern grandmas, you know, so 
we waited and there were a couple ladies that walked by and she kept turning to me and saying, well, is that your stepmom? And I'd say no. And finally it had been forever. I see my stepmom and I got so excited. I just took off and I went to her. I mean, apparently that's what I was good at doing back then is just taking off. <laughs> um, and she was so mad at me and she yelled at me and she said, well, you know, I don't know why you were in the parking lot when I was looking for you in the playground and I said, Oh, well, I went and sat there. Then I was sitting with the old lady and she's like, what old lady you were sitting by yourself when I saw you. (sighs) And I said, no, that old lady that she was sitting right next to me, she came from that house and the guys were kind of looking at us. And my stepmom just dismissively was like, Oh, okay. And so she shouted to one of them and said, Hey, tell your mom, thank you for sitting with my kid. And they gave her the weirdest look like the fuck is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) So apparently it was just me that saw the old lady. I don't know if maybe she haunted the house because I specifically saw her walk out of that garage. I don't know where she went, but I remember her sitting next to me. And my stepmom said that when she turned the corner, she saw me sitting there in the parking lot. But she said I was sitting alone. Oh my god. Well, that's a very sweet story. Do you rem- It is. It's sweet and then it's also kind of creepy. <laughs> it is creepy, but I think especially when you're very young like that, you don't even really know like I I mean, that's like so much stuff is so real to you, like even imaginary friends, like it's probably hard to even determine what is real and what isn't you as you get older you start to learn what is really creepy and what isn't and I'm sure that um I mean were you terrified when you were little after you found out that she wasn't really there yeah I got really (laughs) scared and (laughs) because she did she looked exactly like you or me I mean she didn't look like an apparition she didn't have a weird glow she wasn't blurry I mean she looked and I thought oh my god if she looked so real, how many other people have I seen that have just looked like complete normal people, but were actually not there? Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Oh, wow. You see dead people. Yeah, You're like, so very creepy. Like the sixth sense. Um, <laughs> no, I don't want to be the sixth sense. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I mean, like I said, that could have been, a, it could have been a way creepier ghost. Sounds like a really sweet. Yes, that's true. It's. I mean, yeah, I can see where people would interpret that as like a guardian angel. I mean, she she comforted you, but um, that's true. And I mean, it was like a church parking lot, so I get it that people could associate the two. But you know, I don't know. I feel like when I'm a ghost, I'd rather just do mischievous stuff that's more fun. But I guess every once in a while, you like to do something nice. You're like, all right, I've been a jerk. <laughs> I'll take off the the white sheet that I've been, you know, spooking people with and uh, yeah, just sit down and be nice to a little kid for a moment. (laughs) Exactly. You do your one nice thing and then you can go back to being a jerk again. I've been ghosted too. Tyler from St. Petersburg, Florida. Is that where you said? Yeah, St. Petersburg, Florida. Isn't that like, wait, St. Petersburg, is that like the really old... Or am I thinking of someplace else? Um, What's like the... It's kind of like the greater Tampa area. You know, it's kind of like... It's it's like the Brooklyn to the Manhattan. I'm originally from New York, so... It's like the easiest (laughs) reference for me to make. Ah, yes. Tampa, the Manhattan of the Southeast. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. You stayed at a haunted hotel? Yeah, I mean, so I have like a lot of experiences with ghosts. Like, well, I let's hear them. I got I time. <laughs> you know where I have to be? I have nowhere to be until June 8th. Oh, look. Like, literally, I have nothing to do. Like, I've been looking forward to this for, like, days. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Timer on my phone, like, ready for this interaction. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Okay, well, tell me some ghost stories. Well, I'm, like, kind of... I know you say you're sensey, like, to the, the spirits. Like, they kind of sense you. I'm also very sensey to that stuff, but, like, I'm very open to it. Like, I made a Ouija board so I could talk to them. Like, I, I, I've gotten into tarot. Um, Stuff like that. So I'm like really into like kind of like that spiritual side of it. And it's been okay. cool because it's something that's like opened up a lot of like, uh, I guess like com- levels of communication with like things that like, I don't know, not in this realm type. Uh-huh. So I, I, I'm really like sensey to that stuff. And I feel like as a kid, I was even more open to it. But obviously like as a kid, like if a ghost approaches you, you're scared. Like so, <laughs> it's like the scariest thing ever. Yeah. Well, what's the first time you encountered a ghost? Um, the first time I, I I can't think of like a specific like first time, but I've definitely had like encounters and like the story I sent you about staying in the haunted hotel was definitely like the most personal and like the one that stands out the most. Okay, let's hear it. So my family, we I live in like a big Irish family of six, and we like over summers pile into our minivan and drive all around the country and do stuff like that and stay at little hotels and just do kind of like fun family trips like that. So we ended up staying in this hotel as a result of one of those trips. We were visiting some caverns in Pennsylvania. They're called like the Lorai Cavern Caverns. I don't I don't know. I tried looking up the name of the hotel to like tell the story and I couldn't find it. Like I called the hotel to ask if they knew about like hauntings or anything like that. And they said no, but we had like a specific interaction with some locals that said that the hotel we were staying in was absolutely haunted and like everyone knows it. So I don't know. Interesting. So anybody that's listening and lives in that area, let us know what it's called. Yeah, because I tried to do some research and my mom thinks that the name of it was the Lore Cavern Cabin Motel, something like that. So I tried looking up that and I couldn't find anything, obviously. So I don't know. So we were looking for a place to stay after we were checking out these beautiful cab or what are the caverns with the stalagmites and stuff like that. You go like underground into a cave. I don't know. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Something like that. They were gorgeous. I remember that. Um, And we were, we wanted to find a place in town to stay the night because there was like six of us. We were all like cranky little kids and wanted to go to bed and whatever. So our parents found this really cheap, and it was the only available place, obviously for a reason now, knowing (laughs) what happened, but it was the only open place there. And um, we, it was like this little town home. It really wasn't like a hotel room, which was the weird thing about it. It was, it had like a kitchenette, a living room, and like an entire upstairs where the bedrooms were. So um, while we were uh, sleeping, everyone went to bed. I was sharing a room with my brother and my brother and sister were sharing a room. Um, We finally got to bed and it was late. I was still watching TV, just trying to go to bed. I didn't really sleep as a kid because I don't know, I was like a weird little kid who would just always stay awake and like, so maybe that's why I had so many experiences with ghosts. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe things are just happening all the time and people are just sleeping through it. 
Honestly, I'm pretty sure that's the thing because I felt feel like if I like had stayed up more and like experienced like more of what was happening, especially at this hotel, I probably would have like talked to a ghost or something. Mm. So in hindsight, like I'm kind of like sad that I didn't have like enough bravery to like work up and go and meet the ghost at this hotel. But oh, well. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So what happened? Was it like a, a happy ghost or a mean ghost? What do you think? Uh, I don't really know. I was like laying in bed and I could hear somebody walking up and down the stairs because the it was like kind of carpeted floor. So it made that like very distinct sound of like somebody like, you know, the ruffled footsteps going up and down stairs. And my little brother had already gone asleep because I was trying to talk to him to see if he if he heard it because I thought everyone was asleep. It was about like maybe 2.30 a.m. Not quite the witching hour. I know that it was like 2.30 a.m. And I could hear them walking up and down. And I was like, this is really weird. And then the light turned on outside the room, which was even more weird. Because I was like, I thought my parents were asleep. So I could hear the footsteps still going up and down the stairs. So I didn't know if my parents were doing something or whatever. So I like being the curious kid I was, I stuck my head out the door and there was nobody there. So I was like, "Uh, this is weird. So I started to kind of get freaked out at this point, but I didn't want to leave my room. And then I kept hearing the footsteps again. They kept going up and down the stairs, up and down the stairs. And I was getting really freaked out. And then the footsteps stopped when they got up the stairs again. And I saw a shadow underneath the door. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) like a very distinct shadow. So I was like, okay, this must be my dad. I I was trying to like talk some sense into myself and like talk some sense into the situation. And I was like, oh, my dad, he's just getting some water. I don't know. Maybe he's getting water for my mom, (laughs) my brother, my sister. I don't know. He's going up and down the stairs. (laughs) And I see his shadow and he's coming over to my door and I'm like, okay, so this is just my dad coming over my door. And the shadow stops. I hear the footprints going, they're going and they stop right outside the door and the shadows right outside the door. And I, so I distinctly see a shadow of a person with the light coming through of a person right outside the door and they don't come in. And nothing happens. And I could still see the shadow. I could still see the shadow. I'm like, all right, what's going on? So I finally got out of bed and I opened the door and there was nobody there. Weird. And there is definitely like, as I was walking up to the door, there's definitely the shadow of a person standing just right on the other side of the door. Yeah. So then did you, what did you do? You just went back to bed. Did you think it was a ghost? Um, no, I basically shot my pants and I got in bed with my little brother (laughs) and he was really mad and confused as to what was happening. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to, I need to sleep in bed with somebody because I'm so freaked out. And sorry, I shat in your bed. (laughs) No, I was literally so scared. (laughs) Um, come morning time, my older brother was talking to my mom about something in the kitchen and I could hear them. And my mom says to him, she's like, okay, well, don't say anything to your siblings. I don't want them to get freaked out. And I heard them say that. So I walked right in. I'm like, what do you not want us to hear? (laughs) And my older brother was like, oh, well, last night my TV went on in the middle of the night and it was on a channel that we weren't watching before we went to bed. And it just kind of scared me a little bit, which is what he said. And then as we got older, he told us it turned on to like a really scary movie like the TV went on to just this really scary movie on a channel that they weren't watching before they went to bed in just the middle of the night. Mm. Yeah. And he was like, I, he was, I guess he got really freaked out by that. 
And my dad didn't tell us this until way later, but that same night he had heard the same footprints going up and down the stairs. And he thought somebody was trying to break into the motel and, or he thought somebody had broken in. So he got out of bed and was like looking around and he slept on the couch that night because he thought somebody was like breaking in or trying to break in. Cause he could hear like footprints of somebody or like the sound of somebody walking around the hotel. Wow. Yeah, so that was just all the same night. <laughs> that place sounds huge. Yeah, it was really big. It was like really weird that we just happened to find this place. It was like basically a townhome, not a hotel. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I want to know more about this place. We're gonna have to figure this one out. Yeah, that was that was the that was like the really distinct thing because I, I remember that so vividly because it was so freaky. I, you just kind of expected somebody to be on the other side of that door, right? Like you could see the shadow of them. I, I could pretty much see like their feet on the other side of the door. Oh, yeah. so what are your other experiences? Um, so I use the Ouija board a lot. And in college, I had kind of convinced my friends, like, try it out. And I was like, it's not freaky. Like you've got a lot of answers. Like if you're trying to figure something out, it's really cool. And you can kind of tell like when you do it, if the spirit you're communicating with is like a bad spirit or a good spirit, like as soon as you get that connection, that initial, Hey, is somebody here? And it moves to yes. You just get a vibe in the room. But what if it's somebody that's doing an impression of a good person? See, I I've, I've kind of thought of that before, but like, you can just kind of tell, like you just get like a vibe, like, like an energy vibe, like, I don't know, like an uneasiness, especially if it's like, We've gotten times where we're like, oh, are you a good spirit? But we feel uneasy about them. So we say no to them. So I feel like spirits can pretend, but I can't, I, I feel like if you like can pick up on like the energy of them, like they're not going to fool you. Okay. So now this is me just truly curious about all different kinds of people's beliefs. When you are doing something like that, who do you think is answering? Like, do you think that it's like a spirit that is just, hovering over the world and can see everything or who do you think like what is the reasoning behind that because if you're just asking like can someone tell me is this a yes or no question like so you're not directly contacting somebody so who are you who are, who are you hoping you're talking to yeah like so i get that like that's kind of a question i'm interested in figuring out myself and about two weeks ago me and my roommate were doing it and the Ouija board was not responding to any of my questions, but it was only responding to her questions. And she decided to start asking like, kind of just these like oddball out there questions about like, kind of like what this thing is that we're talking to. And it responded to her, it said that it was like an extra, extraterrestrial or something. No, it was from like another dimension or something like that. So it, it was this weird alien type vibe, I guess I got from it. And huh. yeah, so I don't know if maybe it's like a, a glimpse, like a, a what is it? Uh, like a glitch in the, the system or something like that with something from a different dimension talking to us. But I, I don't really know how that all works. <laughs> like, yeah, I've also definitely talked to like specific dead people before. So I don't really know. Like maybe it's like you're like fishing for ghosts and like the Ouija board is the bait and it's whatever bites the bait. <laughs> okay. Now I don't know if you were ever around for this, but there was this wonderful thing that eventually turned into just a straight up porn thing, but it was, <laughs> but it was chat roulette. Did you ever hear oh, about yeah. that? 
Rob, okay. I'm, I'm 22 years old. Like I was in middle school when chat roulette was a hot thing. <laughs> okay. Now I was uh, a little older than that, but when it first came out, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Cause you could just, you just sign onto this, this website and you just like scan around, like you just get, you know, somebody pops up from a different country and then you can just like talk to them. And then like, sometimes they X out of you, you X out of them, you go to the next person. Then it just became a bunch of dicks. Yeah. literally <laughs> that's kind of what it feels like where you're like all right who's who's here to talk and it might be like a demon it might be like a uh person that is dead or it could be i don't know some other entity that sees all but um you never know what you're gonna get but what i get afraid of when you're doing a ouija board is that you might end up with um a creepy pervert or, I mean, like, the wrong person, the one that you're not looking for. Didn't you have a Ouija board that brought, like, a demon into your house and would tap on the walls and stuff like that? I think so, but I never used it. It was, that was just a demon that came with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's just, like, I feel like anything could be haunted type thing, or they can, they say, quote, unquote, it's, like, a haunted board. But I don't know. At the end of the day, I kind of, like, the idea that if you like go into like a Ouija board session or like even like a seance or anything like that with the good intentions and good energy that you'll get good intentions and good energy out of it. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people go in really scared and fearful of it. So like maybe that's why like the anxiety kind of like summons like these like spooky entities to come and freak people out. But I don't know. I'm an Aquarius. So nothing really bothers me like that. And I just go in with a very open mind. Thank you so much for talking with me. You're a delight. Oh my God, I am here with Heather. Hi, Heather. Where are you? Hi, Rod. I am in Houston, Texas. Okay, I love it. Um, awesome. <laughs> you, sent me this, you sent me this email. You have like so many stories of the paranormal variety, and I want to hear all about them. Yes, it's it's it truly runs in the family. Um, we, it's funny because when people come into my family, like they get married in and things like that, like they're like, "What is going on?" <laughs> get ready, there's going to be some ghosts. Yeah, it's we're like, you might as well get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so you grew up in a haunted home. So um, when I was growing up, um, my parents and I, I'm an only child, so the three of us lived in this um, apartment, and next door to our apartment, um, the apartment next door that had like the adjoining wall, a man had committed suicide in there. And so some of the people that lived in that apartment, they would see like orbs and all kinds of things in the apartment. So when I was like, about two, I think. It was, I was like a little bitty kid. And my parents said that I was standing there and I was like talking to something on the wall. And they were trying to figure out what I was doing. And I opened up my arms and like started running to it like I was going to hug somebody. <laughs> oh my God. And it was like the strangest thing. So it's been um, like my entire tea of the rest of my life. <laughs> Oh my God. Wait, so how long yes. were you there at that time? So um, we were in that apartment complex for 19 years. And then I, but we changed from that apartment. We moved to into a larger apartment right down like the hallway um, 
when I was about like four, but um, that other apartment was like pretty creepy too. Like, and you know, like when you're somewhere and you just always feel like somebody's watching you, but there's nobody there. And totally. um, yeah, and like our my border collie that we had at the time, Tina, she would like look up in the corners of the walls and start like barking and freaking out and like run and hide under the bed. And she was really like a very tame little like really sweet dog but when she would do that like if we would try to pull her out from under the bed she would try to bite us because she was so afraid of whatever she was seeing but we couldn't see it you know yeah it was like really creepy (laughs) do you think it was that same guy the whole time you know what in a way I think so but then in a way I feel like like myself and like some my, my mom and like some of my other family I feel like that type of thing is like drawn to us maybe because we do believe in it so much that mm. I, I don't know if it was like, but it definitely, whatever was at our old place, it definitely felt like not of the nice um, cast for the friendly ghost variety. Oh, <laughs> it really? was definitely mean. It was definitely like sinister for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you also had premonitions? <laughs> yeah. So that part is really creepy. I mean, not that the ghosts are creepy, not creepy, but um, <laughs> like um, a lot, like myself, my mom, one of my cousins, like we all get like these really weird premonitions and it's really bad because like most of the time it is not of like, it's not like us winning the lottery, right? It's like bad <laughs> things, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, like the... Um, like the first time I had it, I kept having a dream that, um, like that my teeth were falling out. Oh, and I hate that. Yes. Right. And so I started reading and like one of the things that I read was that it meant somebody was going to die. And so for like three nights I had that dream in a row and all of a sudden, like my uncle had been in the hospital, but he was like, they said he was getting better and that everything was fine. So I kept having that dream and I was like really scared and I, but I was like, no, it's just my imagination. It's not anything. And then the following, so I had it for three nights and then the following night they called and my uncle had taken a turn for the worst and he passed away. And so oh. that was like really bad. Cause that was like the first like really bad one that I had. And, um, so that, and then it was crazy because like a couple of days later I was standing in the room and I felt somebody tap me on the shoulder and I thought that it was my husband and I looked and like, he was nowhere to be found. And so it was really weird. Um, so that one kind of, yeah, it was really weird, but I like my uncle's still around us because like my cousin still sees him at, um, at his old house because my cousin now has um, he um, was given the house in, in my uncle's will. So he has my uncle's house. And so he still sees my uncle like there. And like some of my other family members will see him. So it's really like he's really connected to us. But he lives in Tennessee. So but like when I go there, like I I feel like he's still there. And then like the last bad, really bad one that I had I had a premonition that, well, I had a dream that this, um, like this demon looking thing came in the room and grabbed my, my dog, which was like my bait, like, um, his name is Barkley. And he was like my, like, he was like my furry son. Like I don't have children. So he was like my child. And Mm. I had a, I had a dream that this creature came and took Barkley and ran out the window 
and I was screaming at it. And then like a couple of weeks later, like Barkley started getting sick and I started having like all these crazy weird dreams. And he ended up, um, he ended up like, it was like a whole long ordeal, but he ended up passing away. But it was crazy because like he had had like all these, um, weird, like, um, like all this weird stuff was going on while he was sick. And so the last night he started, like he had a brain tumor. So it was kind of like about a month of like really like hell, like on earth with us, with him. And it was horrible. But so he had ended up, um, it was so weird because the last night we were like, it's so weird. Like this whole thing is so weird, but we were watching Coco together and I was telling him, I was like, well, baby, if you have to go, you go ahead without me, but you have to visit because I'll be really sad without you. And the next morning he passed away. But it's so weird because he still comes to the house. Like we still see him. What and, do you mean? You like, physically you, see him? Yeah. So like I'll see shadows, like I'll see like little shadows on the, on the like running down the hall. And like my husband has physically seen him a couple of times. Like he actually physically seen him. Um, it was um, on March 14th. It was actually, um, it was actually like a couple weeks ago we saw him because that was his birthday. And it was so weird because like, I don't know if it's just like the energy, like we're talking about him all day. And like, we were talking about him all day. And my husband like physically saw him when we were, um, when I fell asleep, he saw him like standing at the end of my, like by my feet on the bed. Oh my God. Yeah, it's crazy. But then like every time that we're thinking about him or something's going on, like the lights start to go out, like the light bulbs will go out in the house. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Like, um, it's always like a significant like day like or like a significant time so when it was like my birthday week like we had like six of the lights went out all like that whole week and like within like two days and then like it's just really weird like and then when he passed away yeah like when he passed away it got to the point my mom was telling me that I needed to call an electrician because like so many lights were going out and I was like no it's Barkley because I kept telling him to give me signs but oh. it's like, yeah, it's really weird. But then like, um, like for six months, I was like truly depressed because of these dreams and premonitions. Right. So I was, I went to a therapist, like it got so bad. I went to a therapist and she went to her priest to find out why I was having premonitions. Like it was like a whole thing. Right. And so <laughs> it was so weird. So he ended up like, we were seeing like, we, and, like, it was really weird. Like the, just like, we were having like all these dreams and things about him after he passed away. And so one night I had a dream that he came to me and he told me that he was going to have to go away for a while and he was going to leave. Um, he was going to, um, he was going to be around, but it was, he was going to be gone for a while. And in the dream, there was a bunch of puppies around him. And the next Aww. day, yeah, it's so weird. So right before I forget to say, right before he passed away, he had to stay in the vet because he was getting treatment and he scratched his nose. And at the end of his nose, it was shaped like the shape of a heart. And when he passed away, he had a big, like a big sore that was shaped like this, uh, like the shape of a heart. Well, so I had a dream that he told me he had to leave and that there was going to be some puppy, that there were puppies around. So the next day I found this puppy online and I was like, well, if it's meant to be, when I go to see this puppy, I'm going to have a sign. Roz, we walked in the room and there was a picture of a dog, a painting that looked just like Barkley on the thing on the wall where we were adopting this puppy 
the puppy comes out to meet us and she has a birthmark in the shape of a heart on her nose. And the what? same place. Yes. I will send you I will I will send you pictures. <laughs> and oh it's so my weird. God. Yes. And the funny thing is Barkley, he he was a chihuahua, so he kinda had a little attitude. So I called him <laughs> Fickle Pickle all the time. Like Fickle Pickle was his nickname. And the doctor that adopted um, this puppy to us, the vet, um, she has like an adoption agency. And she, her name was Dr. Pickle. <laughs> oh, Dr. Pickle. <laughs> yes, it's so weird. And all this came from this dream, right? But yeah, so like all of those things. And then like we have, I don't know how much time we have, but like. I have well, <laughs> wait, how does, does your dog now like ever interact with Barkley when he comes back to visit? You know what? Sometimes like she will like just like randomly like bark at like nothing, especially at night. Cause at night when we are in, when we're in like, and when we're in our bed, like that seems to be like where we feel him more. And I actually mm-hmm. talked to a psychic and the psychic, cause like one day I actually saw the sheets move. Like he was underneath the sheets. Oh like, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that type of movement. Right. And it was like, you know, like the height of a chihuahua. Like it was really weird. And I was laying still. Like it was really freaky. After that, I burned sage because it just kind of scared me that I saw that. <laughs> like that scared me yeah. a little bit. But um, so I talked to a psychic and a psychic actually told me like, um, you feel him more in the bed, like when you're going to sleep. And I was like, yeah, we actually kind of do. And so it's funny because Poppy, my dog now, she will like bark and stuff at things like in the bed and there's like nothing there. And so sometimes I feel like she does know him or like knows that he's around, you know? So it's kind of weird, but he definitely still like, he listened to his mom. (laughs) I told him to come back and he does. (laughs) This is definitely the first Chihuahua ghost we have ever had on this show. Barkley was very, very special. So, Oh, it sounds like it. Wait, okay. (laughs) Let's touch on a couple more that you told me. There was um, your husband seeing your dead aunt. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So my, it was, this was weird too. Well, I mean, yeah. Cause (laughs) so my aunt who is the, was the wife of my uncle that I had the premonition about, Uh um, passing away. Um, my aunt Frances. So, um, we had went to, um, to Sedona and, um, we had walked around like, you know, all the places that they say are spiritual and stuff, but I really didn't like, I didn't really feel weird or anything there. Like some people say they do. And so we had walked around and everything. And so that night when we went to sleep, my husband got up and went to the restroom and stuff, came back. And when he came back, he saw my aunt and my mom's best friend, who was like an aunt to me. They didn't know each other in in life, but that they were both like aunt figures. One was my blood aunt and the other was my friend that was like an aunt. And they were standing there like over me. And he could only see like part of them, like, like their head and like torso. And they, but the weird thing was, was that next to my aunt was a baby. And it was so weird because like about two months later, my cousin who that aunt, that was, um, that would have been his grandmother. He ended up, him and his um, fiance were having a baby. Oh, wow. And it was so weird because one of my other cousins, too, she, which was his sister, 
she had a dream that my aunt had a baby with her. <laughs> and, but with my husband, it wasn't a dream. It was, he was awake and he saw them standing there, but they had, a, yeah, she had a baby. And so it was really weird. Like, and he so seen her, these, yeah. Uh-huh. When, you, when you get these premonitions, does it make you like, especially now that you've had so many that have like, come true do you how do you feel when you get them do you feel like you need to alert the person or like you know do you do anything about it yeah so now like I'm a, like now I'm a little bit more in tune with it but like like for example like last but sometimes I can't tell the exact person I just know something bad is coming like last year I had like a really bad feeling for like days and like, just like, mm, it's hard to describe, but like kind of like dread, just like what is around me? Like something is around me and I don't know what it is. Right. And mm. in that case, one of my best friends was very, very sick and she had to be hospitalized. She's fine now. Thank God. But like at the time I didn't know like it was her, but yeah. So like sometimes a lot of times I'll get them like when we're driving somewhere I'll get like a, a thought like when one day we were driving and the, like it was early in the morning and um, we were doing a road trip and it was like three in the morning and something told me like um, if we get in a wreck out here, nobody's going to find us for a long time because it was kind of like on the back roads. And I told my husband, I was like, slow down. I don't know why, but just slow down. And so he was like, okay, he listens now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he listens. So he slowed down and we turned a corner. And as soon as we turned the corner, this huge deer was right in the middle of the road. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So now when it's that kind of stuff, especially like that, because one time I kept having that feeling and I didn't listen and we ended up getting into a wreck. So now I'm like, if you have that feeling, you better stay your butt home. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, so now like I listen and if, if like, if I can tell that it's about somebody, like I will tell them, but I haven't like, sometimes I think like I have that ability naturally, but I know like if I try to do like meditation and stuff, like I feel that it would get stronger, but then I'm kind of afraid, you know? <laughs> you also said, um, your uh your husband's grandmother came to see you guys yeah so my husband's grandmother um we called her nana so nana i actually knew nana before i knew my husband because i worked in a store and um she would always come in the store to get craft things and stuff like that she was like a real cute little grandma and so um i knew her from there and then i met my husband and um realized that that was his grandma that I had knew for year, known for like forever so um my she ended up passing away and um when she passed away she had like alzheimers and um she had been very sick so it was so weird because the night she passed away i had a dream that we were in the store that i met her like that i worked at and that i was like well, Nana, you probably don't remember me but i love you cuz she didn't remember anybody and she kind of came and kissed my forehead and was like, no, I'll always remember you. So that same night, my, my um, husband saw, <clears throat> saw her actually standing over the bed. Like he saw, like when he saw my aunt and my other, um, my other um, friend of the family. So he saw her like that again, like that type of vision where it was like her, like down to like her torso area and her face. And 
it was like she was coming in to tell him bye. Well, so wow. it was so weird because she loved that um, Pleasures perfume, right? That um, Estee Lauder one. So like that was like her favorite perfume and we'd buy it for her for Mother's Day and, and Christmas and every occasion. Like that's, all, that's what she always wanted. So like we would wake up for like a couple of days after she died, we would wake up and smell that perfume like somebody had just spilled a whole bottle in the, in the bedroom. Like it was so weird. And we always like when that would happen, we'd be like, oh my God, like not is here with us, right? Like it was so strange. Wait, but did your husband, was he the kind of person that had these experiences before he met you? Because it sounds like he's had a lot since he's met you yeah you know what like when we first got together and I would talk about it and like I first like started telling him about premonitions um I don't I mean not that he thought that I was like crazy but I think he was kind of like whoa that's weird you know (laughs) but then as we've been together it's almost like I've rubbed off on him and uh, like he gets that side because I pray like I always always pray that I don't see things because like it freaks me out enough with premonitions and like the feelings and stuff so I'm always yeah. like please god don't give me the visions because I will like have a stroke or something like I'm, I'm terrified so I feel that since we've been together like he kind of gets that side and like we validated off of each other because like when especially like when Barkley died like he I would feel Bark like laying on me and like he would feel like he had felt Barkley that night too and then he'd be like I felt he was here last night. I was like, oh my God, so did I, you know? And yeah. so like all these feelings, like we, we can validate each other's and, but I feel that he's gotten it more like he's kind of, cause we've been together for like 23 years. So oh, I think wow. I've rubbed up. Yeah. So like I've rubbed off on him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me one last story. Yeah, um, go ahead. <laughs> what is the story of the haunted hotel with your family? Oh yeah. Okay. So so we were going to, um, I don't know if you've ever been to San Antonio, but it's like super haunted, right? Yeah. Okay. So like the Alamo and all of that, right? So there's a lot of hotels in that area that are known for that. And people go because they know that it's haunted, right? So I don't like, like, I think you've said this on the show, like you don't like to sleep where you think it's haunted. <laughs> Hell no. I did not want anything waking me up. No. (laughs) Okay. Me and you, Roz, we're the same. (laughs) Because I'm like, I want to go during the day. I want to look at it. I want to learn about it. I want to experience it. And then I want to go to my nice little room that's peaceful and nobody's going to be around me, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So at this particular time, we went at this hotel that we stayed at. We've stayed out like probably five times before that we had stayed and never had any weird experiences. It's near the Alamo and near that area, but not as close to some of these other ones that have this haunted history around them. Right. So I'd never heard a story about it, never experienced it. So this particular time we go and when we're walking down, we get our room key and we're walking down to our room and come to find out it's in a separate section than we had ever stayed before. Normally we stayed in this other area this time, the area we were staying in, when we turned and walked the other, that way toward the new room, I was like, okay, something's weird here. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, you know, like you feel cold all of a sudden and it was like summer in Houston, I mean, in San Antonio or whatever. So it wasn't, it was not cold in there. So, and then like the hair, you know, like your hair is like, oh my God, what's going on? So we go into the room and it just didn't feel right. But I was like, okay, I'm just imagining things. It's fine. 
So we put our bags down and then we, we left to go eat and we come back. And when we came back, it still felt like something was there and something wasn't right. So, um, as every time, like we would come and go throughout the day, throughout the afternoon and night. And it just like, it felt like somebody was watching us in there. Like it felt like something was there. So that night when we went to bed, I, I laid down and like, I woke up and it was like around midnight or so I woke up and I was like, something like something is there. And like, you know, you have that feeling where you're like, I'm not going to look because if I look, there's something there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But not so, sleep paralysis, right? Like no, 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 no. I was awake. No, I was awake. And like, I grabbed the, no, I've never had that thing fun. And you scare me when I listen to you. I'm like, I'm not listening. To <laughs> I know. I'm not having this. No. So I was like, I reached over and I grabbed the, the um, blanket and I put it over my head. Cause I was like, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Just go to bed. Just lay back down. It's fine. So the next morning I wake up and my mom is standing over my, like over my face. She's like, wake up. I have to tell you something. And I'm like, I already know what it's about. I've got to take a shower. If you tell me I'm not going to go in that bathroom by myself. <laughs> so just wait. So I made her wait until I got ready. And I came back out and I was like, okay, what happened? And so she told me like, so, I, so there was a movie on at that time. So we were kind of able to piece together who woke up first based on the movie so, um, cause the TV was on or whatever. So I woke up first and I felt like something was there. So then my mom woke up and she woke up and she felt like something was hitting the end of the bed, like ramming into the bed. And like, it was like the bed was like the only wall that the beds were on. Um, oh, because me and my mom and dad and my husband were, uh, were all sharing a room. I forgot to tell you that. So we were all sharing the room. And so there were two double beds and the headboards of the bed were the only thing touching the walls. Right. So like it couldn't have been like a water faucet or, you know, like a water pipe or something because the wall wasn't touching that side of the bed. So something was ramming into the bed. So she wakes up and she feels like something is like over her, like just like coming at her. So she gets, she's trying to remember because like, because of, as you can tell, we've had experiences. So we always travel like with the Bible, like we always have a Bible with us everywhere we go. So, which, and I'm not like a very, I'm not like a religious person, but I consider myself like spiritual more than like religious or whatever. So, but we always, always have our Bible. So she was, she wanted to get her Bible out, but it was at the end of the bed. It was like over at, toward the foot of the bed, like on the wall. And she couldn't like across like the hallway from where this thing was. So she would have had to pass this thing and go across the hall to get to her suitcase. Oh, hell no. uh, She was like, no. (laughs) Yeah. So she remembered, you know how they put like the Bibles in some of the nightstands um, at the hotels or whatever. So she opened the drawer and there was a Bible in there. So um, my um, grandma, like when my mom was growing up, um, her, this is like a long story, but her father, my mom's father had committed suicide in their Mm -hmm. house. And my grandfather's, so when my mom was like 12, so they would always see things in the house. So some of the, um, some of the church people in town had told my grandma, like certain verses to read to like get rid of like spirits and things like that. And it's like some things in Psalms. So my mom started reading it. And as she was reading it, this thing was still like feeling like it was coming after her, but she kept going and going and it finally like started to get less and less and so she just kept reading it until it went away and it was weird because you know how you hear like people say 
like if, if the spirits like coming after you, like the people around won't wake up. You know, have you oh, heard yeah. that? Yeah. So like she was trying to like get my dad to wake him up because he was right there and he would not wake up and he's a light sleeper. So it was really weird because my dad will wake up with any little noise. But so, so anyway, so she ended up like it went away and she was able to sleep. So a little while after that, my husband woke up. So my husband woke up and he heard like, it sounded like something like papers wrestling, like at the door. And he was like, what is that? But it was like, like around three in the morning when he woke up and he was like, what is that? So he kept hearing it and it sounded like somebody like coming at the door, putting, so at first he thought it was like, you know, like some of the hotels would put like your, your, um, your receipt or your, um, your reservation, all your information underneath the door, they'd slide it under the door, but Mm. with your bill or whatever, but it wasn't like, it was way early for that. So he goes over to the door and he looks and there's nothing there. So he opens up the door and he's hearing something at the door. He opens the door and there's nothing there. Like the whole hallway's clear. So yeah, it was really weird. So that morning we called, um, well, like after we checked out, because <laughs> we didn't want to ask them in person because we didn't want to look really weird. <laughs> so, as, <laughs> so as soon as we checked out, we called back and my mom talked to the front desk and she was like, ma'am, um, I was just wondering if you guys have ha- ever had any paranormal activity reported in your hotel. And the lady says, why, certainly, ma'am, all the time. She said, actually, I know, right? She's like, we have a procedure where if you call and complain about, if anybody complains about ghosts, um, we um, go and we um, sprinkle holy water and we, um, we put oil and we burn some candles in there. And she was like, you know, which room were you in? And we'll go take care of it. And I was like, okay, if you have a ghost <laughs> procedure, like that needs to be on the front page of your website. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Part of like the housekeeping. Exactly. Like we take, we allow dogs. And by the way, we have a procedure. (laughs) I love that your dad just, your dad just (laughs) slept right through it like a baby and everyone else. the only one. Yes. (laughs) But you know, the crazy thing, I mean, all of it's crazy, but the weird thing is I wrote about it. I had written about it online because I had a blog that I was writing and I've had like three other people reach out to me and tell me they had like similar versions of that story in the same section of that hotel. Weird. Like, What's the hotel yeah. called? It's called La Mansion Del Rio. Um, and the weird thing is, okay, when we stayed there, it was like, um, it, this has been years back. When we were there, it was actually like a boutique hotel that was like privately owned or whatever. Well, then the Omni bought it. So when we stayed there, they were very like upfront, like, Oh yeah, we have this. This is the thing we have it. Oh yeah. And then, but now the people that I've taught that have written to me, they've actually reached out to me because ever since, for some reason, since Omni bought it, like they're like, Oh no, there's not a, there's nothing. We don't know about that. But it's crazy because the people that have reached out to me actually reached out to me because they felt like they were going crazy. <laughs> and they oh started searching the internet. Yeah. And when they started searching, they found me because <laughs> I had written about it. And so, they, I was like, uh, no, you're not crazy. They're just not telling you the truth right now. <laughs> Interesting. Right? It's really weird. Yeah, I know. <gasps> There's a ghost in my house. All right. Well, special thank you to Tyler, Tyler, Elise, and Heather for 
sharing those stories today. I love it. And if you would like to be on a listener episode, send me an email, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and just write listener episode in the subject line and uh, maybe we can get you on the next one. Guys, thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. You can find me on Venmo at Queen Roz. I'm on Cameo, Roz Dress Velez. Instagram, Roz Dress Velez. Join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dress Velez. If you have a ghost story, you can leave it there. Or you can leave it in a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Or just give us five stars. It helps out the show. Um, you know what? Also, tell your friends about the show. I know that a lot of people are looking uh, for things to get their minds off of what's going on in the world. And uh, it's it's nice to to kind of think about something else like ghosts. You know what? Next week, I've got a really fun episode with another celebrity friend. I've got Busy Phillips joining me. So, you know, that's going to be a good time. I uh, can't wait to talk to you then. So have a great week. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Starbanks Avenue, a podcast network.